sitting like that. Praise the Lord. It's just nice to be able to worship the Lord with everyone today and to lift them up. Well, this is my last message in this series, Living the Resurrected Life. You thought it was all over with last week for Easter. No, we are on our last one here. Living the, un the resurrected life means you understand you are called. You understand you are called. Amen? Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this message today. We thank you for the blessings of knowing you. The blessings of being made a new creation. The blessing of knowing that we've been forgiven, Lord. The blessing, Lord, that you came for us so that we could be saved. Lord, you are so wonderful. You are so amazing, Lord. And we have... We ask you today that you would help us to understand that each and every one of us here has been called to serve you. That, Lord, there is a royal priesthood that we belong to. And men and women here are called to be priests in service of you. We thank you, Lord, that even with being called that way, we are still peculiar people. That, Lord, we are used in the gifts we have, in the talents we have, and for how we are. We thank you for that, Lord. And we thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Lord, let me only speak the words you would have me to speak, Lord, today, by your anointing, Lord. And let your anointing go forth in this place, Lord, that we would hear from you. And this word would find good soil in our hearts and our minds. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. We need to understand that we have been called. We have been called. First of all, we've been called to love. Boy, it's really quiet in here today. <laughs> We have been called to love. 1 John 3.14 has something to say about that. We know that we... Now listen to this. It says we know. What do we know? That's the first thing we got to look at. What do we know? It says we know that we have passed from death to life. So when did that happen? When we... We're born again. When Jesus came into our lives, we passed from death to life. Adam and Eve, when they ate of the fruit, they died. They died spiritually. Later they would die physically. Before you knew Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you were dead spiritually. And that's why you longed to fill that hole in your life, that that the only thing that would make you whole was Jesus Christ. And when he came into your life, you became born again. You became a new creation. You became alive to God and your relationship with Jesus Christ. So we know we have passed from death to life. 
Because, uh-oh, there's a because there. Mm. I think some of us don't understand this part. Hello. Look what the because says. Because we love the brethren. This is the test. You've heard me say many times, you've got to love me if you want to go to heaven. You've got to love that person sitting next to you if you want to go to heaven. <laughs> if you cannot love your fellow Christians, here's what this is saying. You are not saved. That's what it's saying here. If you cannot love your fellow Christians, you are not saved. Well, how do you know that, Pastor? Because of what he says here. Because we love the brethren, he who does not love his brother abides in death. That is a test to see if a Christian is really a Christian. Wow. That changes the way we treat each other. We have been called to love, and the greatest expression of that love is to tell someone about Christ Jesus. But we're also supposed to love those within the church. Love is patient. Oh, let me not just try to quote it. Let me go there. If we're supposed to love one another, what does the Bible say? Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but not, have not love, I have become a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have, little, have all faith so that I can remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. Is not puffed up. Does, ooh, does not behave rudely. Does not seek its own. Is not provoked. Thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails, but whether there are prophecies, they will fail. Whether there are tongues, they will cease. Whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. 
And when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part will be done away. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. For when we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face, now I know in part, but then I shall know just as I am known. And now abideth faith, hope, love, these three, but the greatest of these is love. Oh, this is not a ver this is not a passage that we should just read for weddings. This is a passage that we challenge ourselves with to find out, are we mature Christians or not? Have we grown up or do we still have some growing to do? That's why when we get angry, we're supposed to forgive. And we're supposed to go to someone and say, I'm sorry for being angry at you. Paul has a lot of instructions in 1 Timothy for how young men should conduct themselves. How they should treat older women. How they should treat younger women. How they should treat the, the other men of the church. Their peers and those younger than themselves. We need to understand that if we cannot love the brethren, then we are not saved. This is what John is... Listen, John walked with Jesus for three years. He is the only one to die of natural causes. He is the one who wrote the book of John, three other books in the New Testament, and the Revelation. He suffered much for the gospel... And he was thrown on an island as an old man to separate him from the whole church where he wrote the book of Revelation and did one of his greatest works he ever wrote. And then one day he was called to heaven and he got to die. He didn't get martyred. The only one. Yeah. All the rest of them. I was just reading that Doubting Thomas was strangled to death. We call him Doubting Thomas, but he was strangled to death in Ethiopia. Another one went to India, they say, and was shot full of poison darts. Peter was crucified upside down with his wife next to him on a cross. And, he, and, and, and when we studied First and Second Peter, we found out the words that the, the traditional church says about what he said to her, but they were loving words. It's almost like he ended up, we'll see each other soon, <laughs> kind of a thing. We must love one another. We must cherish one another. And we must cherish this and be people of this book. Not only are we called to love, and listen, we all have work to do. None of us are perfect. We all have work to do, but as your pastor, if I didn't point these things, these are fun things to point out and remind ourselves. You know what Peter said? He says, the things that we know well, I'm supposed to go ahead and remind you of them all the time. 
Why? Because we sometimes forget. We actually kind of mentioned this verse in prayer meeting the other day. Oh, yeah. And somebody said, that's right, that's in there. <laughs> the things that happen at prayer meeting, if you don't come to, you're missing a blessing. Boy, does God answer prayer and do things in prayer meeting. Not only are we called to love, but we're called to share the gospel. Acts 1.8. But you, I think she's got it, yeah, she's got it in red too. So these are Jesus' words. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Are we doing, are we showing that kind of love? Are we doing this? Well, pastor, I give to my missionary. Awesome, you're trying to get to the end of the earth, but what are you doing here at home? What are we doing here at home? What does our outreach look like? Um, well, we hope they come to church. <laughs> One time it was in America, everybody went to church, even the sinner, because they didn't want to be known as sinners, so they just showed up at church. You had to be the most vile of sinners not to show up at church. The town drunk even would stumble into church just so that they couldn't pick on them for not going to church because they were already picking on them for everything else. Today it's a different story. We need to go out where the people are. Amen. We need to be sharing the gospel in our workplace. There's an article, I believe, in this, this month's evangel, or was it, I can't remember if it was last month's evangel, talking about being a missionary on your job. The new evangels are here, by the way, so grab one when you're heading out. These here are Jesus' words. This is what we are to do with this resurrected life that we have been given. Sharing the gospel with those who don't know Jesus. Did you know that's all the church did in the early days of the church? They'd come to church, the pastor would feed them, and then they would all scatter and go out and tell everybody they know. Do you know Jesus? You know what Jesus did for you? Did you know he came, the Son of God came and died for us? And he came as a baby? Do you know this Jesus? Now what is the church about? This is Jesus' commissioning us to go and spread the gospel message. Each of us here has been given this call to action. This is not something we hope somebody else will do. Oh, it's for the paid professionals. It's for those who went to Bible college. So <laughs> we expect Pastor and Jason and Robin to go because they all went to Bible college. It's their job to go out and get people saved. 
wrong. We are a royal priesthood, as Peter says. We are peculiar people, as Paul said. Let's act like it. You know why Danny and I and Sam were talking about that word peculiar? That means God can use us for who we are. Think about that. God, to get you the, Billy Graham always said, just as you are, come and give your heart to Jesus Christ, just the way you are. Growing up in Chicago, I knew a lot of people who said, I'll get saved when I stop being a drunk. I'll get saved when I stop taking drugs. I'll get saved when I clean up my act. And God's saying, what are you talking about? Just come as you are, I'll take care of it all. Just come. I love you just the way you are. I don't care how funny looking you are. Just come. Right? Because he's already calling us peculiar people, zealous of good works. <laughs> I love that. That doesn't mean we have to be perfect people to be accepted by God. We can be tall, short, round, Skinny. <laughs> he loves us the way we are. We can have gray hair or no hair. We can have beautiful, long, luxurious hair. God accepts us for who we are. And he wants us to come the way we are. And then he doesn't leave us comfortless, but he sends us the Holy Spirit. And I'm, I'm just going to mention this in passing. He wants to fill you with his Holy Spirit after you are saved. Why? So that you have power to go out and witness for him. It's not always easy to tell somebody about Jesus, is it? Right. Oh, it's easy when we're in church. <laughs> oh, we're in church. How many loves Jesus? We all do. We love Jesus. But we go out in the community. How many love Jesus? I do. <laughs> Me. <laughs> But when we're in church, how many love Jesus? I do, yay! <laughs> no, our, our church is lived out there. Amen. The church is not supposed to be about the building. It's about us doing work for God out in the community, righting wrongs. You know, everyone here is a superhero for Jesus. Because we're supposed to be out there rescuing the perishing, caring for the dying. Because Jesus is merciful, and Jesus will save. I don't know what we're singing next week for the baptisms. Maybe down by the riverside. <laughs> All those songs about baptism in the hymn book, you know. Wash me, Lord, <laughs> by your... <laughs> Not only we are called to love and called to share the gospel, but we are called to be saved. Pastor, why did you go into that order? Because for us Christians who are already saved, we needed to be reminded about those things. But if somebody's not saved here, we got to understand the first calling we get from God is to be saved. With my arms stretched wide open, Jesus says, Come unto me. Come. 
I will make you part of my family. Jesus died on the cross for you so you could be saved. He willingly gave his life for you out of his great love. John 3, 16 and 17 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Do we understand what that meant for him to give his Son to die on the old rugged cross so we could be saved? Does that, do we understand what that giving was? Every parent that's here today, what agony that must have been to God the Father to say, I'm going to give my son to die. Because he loved us so much. And Jesus, when he went to the cross, counted it all Joy. But I love verse 17. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world. Why did we do this? See, that goes back to loving the brethren. Oh, I don't like what you said, so I'm going to condemn you right now and get all over your case. We do that on Facebook all the time. Oh, <laughs> there's times when I, I, you just want to go ahead and say, what are you talking about? You're not listening, but you just stay quiet. Sometimes the best thing you say on Facebook, nothing at all. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but the world through him might be saved. Oh, hallelujah. He's given us a free will to choose. Joshua said, choose you this day who you will serve, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. He challenged the people. Are you going to? He gave the first altar call we find in the scripture. Are you going to believe? As for me and my house, we are. Those who. Actually, that wasn't the first altar call. That was done by Moses. This is the second we find in the scripture, but this is the challenge to believe. Moses gave the first altar call after the golden calf. Those who are on my side and on God's side, come off to this line. Those who don't want to be on God's side and my side, stay over there. All the Levites and people started coming across. That's the first time anybody said, I dare you to cross this line. <laughs> and those who, did, who chose not to follow God and to stand with Moses were swallowed by the earth. It's a clear sign of what judgment is. You choose Jesus, you live. You don't choose Jesus, and it's eternal death and hell. You choose Jesus, you get eternal life in heaven. How, how cool is the hat? But he gives us a free will. He doesn't force us. 
So when we go out to witness to people, don't go up to them and say, you better ask Jesus in your heart or else. <laughs> then we let the love of God draw them. Will you give him, will you give Jesus your life by asking him into your heart? It's so simple. He says, I stand at the door and knock. If you open up that door, I will come in and sup with you. And you with me. You'll never regret giving your life to Jesus Christ. He loves you so much that he was willing to die for you if you were the only person who ever lived. He was willing to die for you. That's how much he loves you. The reason why he counted it joy going to the cross and suffering that horrible suffering that he went through because when he looked down, he looked through history and he saw your face. Oh, come experience the resurrected life. Experience the resurrected life by asking Jesus into your heart. He wants to save you today. Amen. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for your word today. We thank you, Lord, that the thing that is important to you is how we treat one another. They asked you once, Lord Jesus, what is the greatest commandment that you said to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your strength, with all of your mind. And then you said the second is as great. Love your neighbor as yourself. Lord Jesus, help us to treat our fellow Christian the way we would want to be treated. And Lord, help us to share your love with others so they can know the way of salvation. There's so many people who need your love out there, Lord. Help us to be the one that shares it with them. Lord, I just pray that you do a work in our hearts, Lord. Do a work in our hearts. Help us to look at 1 Corinthians 13 and help us, Lord, to look at how we should love ourselves and others, Lord. We praise you for this in Jesus' name. Now, with nobody looking around, I just want to ask, is there anybody here, just keep your eyes closed and your heads bowed, is there anybody here who would like to ask Jesus into their hearts? Nobody's looking, just God and me. Just lift up your hand if you'd like to know Jesus as your Savior. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God sees those hands. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Anyone else? Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Pray this simple prayer, everybody, with me. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Savior. Thank you that you died on the cross for me.
Thank you. That Lord, You're forgiving my sins. For Lord, I'm sorry for them. Thank You, Jesus, for being my Savior, coming into my heart. And now, Lord, I'm going to live for You each and every day. Amen. You said that simple prayer and you really meant it. Guess what? Welcome to the family of God. That's better than joining the church. Besides, when you said that simple prayer, you became part of the church, the whole church. You, you know what happened? There's a couple of things that happened. God wrote your name in the Lamb's Book of Life. That's pretty cool. And you know what? He opened up his other book. And he just blotted out all of your sins. There's two books in heaven. One's the book of life, and the other book keeps an account of all of your sin. And when you ask Jesus into your heart, it's all been covered with the blood. It's all been blotted out. Your sins, he never remembers them no more. They're as far as the east is from the west. Isn't that cool? And now we live by His grace. And remember, His mercies are new every morning. Great is His faithfulness. I have an assignment for you. If you said that prayer, I need you to do something. I need you to tell three people what God has done for you today. Why three people? Because by the word of your testimony are we saved. You need to tell somebody. Just go out, call. If you came with somebody, tell them. There's one. Get on the phone. Call up your mama. Tell her, guess what I did? There's two. Well, what else can I... Who's that third person? Tell somebody here what you did. There's three. Call your best friend. There's lots of... Just tell them what Jesus has just done for you. And the other reason I tell you to do that is so Satan can't come and try to rob you. Because when you testify like that, God builds up your faith and it becomes even stronger. Amen. Can we give the Lord a praise for all these who can raise their hands today? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Next week we're going to be baptizing. If you want to be baptized, you've got to sign up in the sign-up sheet there so we know. Um, next week when you come to church... Our baptismal, um, we sit right here. I believe it's only about this tall, so I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to actually, um, when we're going to get the, the horse trough, the horse's cereal bowl, I was going to be able to stand behind it like this, and we were going to put it on cinder blocks that we saved, and I would have just, we got a cooler thing than a horse trough. Yeah. This thing came with a heater. <laughs> Came with a heater. And if I push a button, it'll even bubble. I don't think we'll be pushing the button. Um, <laughs> but it's really cool. It's portable. We can put it away, bring it out when we need it. And uh, the nice thing, it'll be able to be stored easily inside, behind the cross. And so 
Um, and what I love about it, we can baptize whenever we want now. We don't have to wait. Somebody gets saved, we can baptize them the next week. Wouldn't that be baptizing all the time? Why not? 3,000 got saved. Now what do we do, Peter? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and be baptized right now. Let's go. Let's go find some water. Paul got saved. What did they do? Let's take you to the town square and baptize you because the only place there's enough water. Whoosh! Out in the middle of the desert. What did they do? God provided water enough to baptize. Whoosh! So praise God. Amen. Amen. God is so good. I'm, I'm so excited about the things that are happening in 